Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a school principal in search of wisdom so I can best serve my community. As part of this show, I interview luminary figures as I believe humanity can be better if they learn from them. In essence, the purpose of this podcast is to learn about the side B of the luminary figure, meaning what makes them who they are. It is also an opportunity to express gratefulness for the perhaps even more luminary figures that inspire the interviewee. Today, I have the distinguished honor of interviewing Dr. Jose Medina, Chief Educational Advocate and Dual Language Advocate. He has inspired me with his consistent advocacy for all students using innovative technologies and the language. As a middle school principal in a school with a significant dual language program, I am so excited to learn from Dr. Medina. Jose Medina, who are you? Hi, that's a loaded question, compadre. Um, I am an openly queer, brown, Spanglish-speaking language researcher who gets the opportunity to serve escuelas y distritos escolares, not only around the United States, but also uh, abroad. I am a former teacher, assistant principal, principal, and district leader, and I'm just so blessed that I get an opportunity to cause um, good trouble in the name of equity and social justice. Beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Let me ask you a follow-up question. As the principal of the school, I want to be able to support every student. Uh, can you elaborate more when you say you are queer? What is what is the approach? What lenses uh, should I have that in my mind? Sure. So, you know, in terms of testimonial research, there is some work around the idea that many of us are many things. So there are many things to our identity. So, for example, I'm a husband to... Um, Alvin Antonio Diaz Cruz, my partner. Uh, I'm a son to Margarita and Jose Luis. I'm an educator. Um, I'm a brother. I'm a uncle, a gay uncle. But at the core, there are a handful of pieces to your identity that really guide all of your decision-making process. And so for me, those three are I am and forever will be an uh, emergent bilingual because I only mobilized um, Spanish when I entered the schooling system here in the United States. The second part of my identity that guides everything that I do is I'm a gay man. And then third, I am Mexican and I am also American. I am a Chicano Pocho. And so those three pieces really, really are um, the driving force behind everything that I do. The queer part, I specifically amplify because in the world of education, even now, as more people are trying to engage in um, anti-bias and anti-racist work, somehow we continue to hold on to our homophobia and our transphobia, specifically in pre-K-12 schools. And we have to understand that when we don't create an inclusive environment for our um, LGBTQ2S plus youth and the fellow educators that we learn alongside, we are in fact oppressing them as well. And so I always mention the queer because there just isn't enough conversation in pre-K-12 schools about um, amplifying and supporting the needs of our LGBTQ plus 2S youth. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, this is the first time someone actually answers that to me. I appreciate that. I feel that I know I'm on the right path to best support students. So Dr. Medina Jose, for, for the listeners of the show, can you walk us through your professional trajectory up to this point? 
teacher. So I'm from El Paso, Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. I always say that I'm from both. Um, for a long time, I didn't feel like I belonged. And so I know that many of us say things like, no soy de aquí ni de allá. I'm neither from here nor there. And I'm done with that. Like, I have to love all of myself and it's taken me a lifetime to get there. Así es que ahora, no digo que no soy ni de aquí ni de allá. Soy de aquí y también soy de allá. Um, I am from both places. And so um, that's where my journey began. I graduated from Isleta High School in 1989, went to um, La Yute, AKA the University of Texas at El Paso. I got my bachelor's degree from there. Um, I was lucky enough to be the recipient of a Rockefeller Fellowship for graduate school. And so I went to New York University right after UTEP um, and lived in New York City for two years as I got my master's degree at NYU returned to El Paso to serve my own community and was uh, an educator there for um, 11, 12 years until my husband um, got stationed at Fort Hood. And so we moved to Fort Hood and um, I began getting my admin certification and became an assistant principal in the Austin, Texas area, a director of dual language. And then about seven years ago, I was asked to join the team, the research team at the Center for Applied Linguistics here in DC. I now live in the DC area. Um, Cal, Cal is one of the major think tanks in the world in terms of research around serving our emergent bilingual um, and multilingual learners. Que obviamente me saco de onda because I'm just a kid from the barrio, but somehow I managed to get into one of the major think tanks in the world in terms of serving students um, that had similar experiences to my own. Así es que ha sido un, una jornada así super loca, pero, o sea, I'm so blessed that I get an opportunity to now serve all over the world. Um, I left Cal three years ago and started my own educational consulting boutique company. And so I now work alongside a team of 15 and we provide um, technical support, professional development, and job-embedded coaching to educators all over the world. Beautiful. I, I love that you took your idea and you went with it. I appreciate you sharing that trajectory. So, like in Back to the Future, if you could go back in time to any of the positions you have held, what would be one or two things you will tell yourself? So, I thought a lot about this question. I dug two things. One, I would remind myself at the beginning, I would, I would remind myself as a student, as a child, but also as a, as a new teacher, as a new administrator, and even as a, uh, a researcher at the Center for Applied Linguistics, I would tell myself, Jose, remember that you are worth it and that you are worthy. Um, for the longest time, I just didn't feel like I deserved any of the good things that came my way. And I think it's because of those intersections that I talked about. I had a very traumatic entry into the schooling system where I literally was tied to a gurney as a first grader enrolled into my first grade classroom. So that definitely impacted me. Um, as a gay child, I knew that whatever I was, wasn't what was wanted, not just by my family who have of course grown so much and are awesome, um, but also in school, I didn't feel that. Um, and then finally this, um, Ocho label. Um, when I was in El Paso, I was called a wet back in school, but then I would go to Juarez to hang out with my primos and my primas, and they would call me uh, Ocho Creído porque hablas en inglés. And so those three identity pieces really caused me to not love myself. And I just feel like everyone, every child should know that they don't have to wait a lifetime to love themselves. 
And then the second thing that I would tell myself is, especially as a, a queer brown Spanglish speaking educational leader, I would tell myself, Jose, remember that you are navigating in spaces professionally that weren't intended for you. That is huge. Yo tengo que entender que muchas de las áreas en, en el cual este participo no fueron establecidas para una persona como yo. And, and I think that kids, but educators, of course, should also know that because um, we live in a, in a system and we serve in, a, in an educational system that has marginalized certain communities. And it's often black indigenous communities of color. Um, culturally and linguistically diverse students. So those are the two things. I even tell them to myself right now, every day. Si le digo la mera neta. Yes. Todos so, los días me recuerdo. José, tú vales, tú vales y puedes. Y segundamente, estás este, manejando espacios que no fueron creados para ti, pero adelante, and give it, give it your all. I, I, I can completely identify with that part. Let me ask you a follow-up question. Do you remember what happened that made you change that mindset to this empowered person that you are today? I think that there are a couple of, of things. Um, that entry into the schooling system, I know that I am the exception and I'm grateful that what happened to me in that school as a first grader didn't happen to my brother Gilberto or my sister Vanessa. But I also know that, that maybe another child that didn't have the composition that I had would have um, handled it differently. And so I always remind myself and remind others, you're the exception. Otra persona, otro estudiante, tal vez hubiera sido destruido. And, and so I think that was one of the pieces. I think that coming out at the age of 16 as a junior in high school and saying, I will no longer be bullied, ridiculed, and physically and verbally attacked was a huge moment for me. And then the fact that um, as a novice teacher, my first principal that hired me said, um, Jose, we're so hired, we're so exactly, we're so happy to hire you and that you're going to be a part of a community. But um, I would recommend as a novice teacher that you tone it down. I, I really feel like those pieces really changed my constitution porque sabía que si no aceptaba la persona que era completamente, then others wouldn't accept me either. I never had the privilege of being less brown, um, being less gay. From the time that I started teaching in 94, 95, I had to own who I was. Luckily, um, I have a really amazing family that was so supportive, even within the machismo um, that exists sometimes in our, in our Latino, Latine, Latinx community. Um, that support has always been there for me, which I know that I'm blessed to have. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, let me share. Uh, my daughter, uh, when she was in fourth grade, she came out as lesbian. And ever since she came out thinking, oh, my God, nobody's going to accept me, even though mom and dad are these educators and pro-social causes. And the other day, we were talking, and... For, for for lack of ignorance, I go and say, you know, uh, LGBTQ community, lesbian, gay, transgender, and I said, and whatever else. And she silently waited until I finished talking, and she said, Dad, when you say whatever else, it might offend the feelings of others. And I have learned so much from her ever since that she has felt free to speak her mind. 
How amazing. I mean, I'm in love with her and I don't even know her. So please tell her that I said, Kiole, Kiole. I will. Because honestly, that's the fact that a fourth grader would be able to, to begin to own who they are is amazing. And that also speaks to the home in which she is being raised. Um, and, and that's what we want. We want for all children to embrace their full identity, um, whatever that identity is, without fear of feeling less than or feeling as an outsider. So, oh, dígale a su hija que ahí por favor nos vemos en las redes sociales. Le diré, promesa. Gracias. So, uh, broad question. Who do you learn from? So, um, in terms of, like, professionally, I know that, that one of the things that, that you asked me to consider are what are some of the people that I'm learning from right now? And so I actually brought two um, titles. So, the first one, I love my friend and colleague, Liz Kleinrock. And so she has this book called Start Here, Start Now, a guide to anti-bias and anti-racist work in your school community. Um, she's just amazing. Uh, the book was just released, I think, like two months ago. Um, I'm on my second reading and I really am internalizing it and putting it aside uh, because it's one of those resources that I know that I will use in my own professional work for a long time. And then the second book was actually, um, this one's for personal reasons, my sister Vanessa, um, she actually gave it to me for my birthday and it's called What Happened to You? Conversations on Trauma, Resilience and Healing. And it's by Dr. Uh, Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. So my sister and I have a very unique relationship. She's 11 years younger than I am. So I was actually um, her second father figure and she was my student. When I was a middle school teacher, she was actually my student. And then when I moved to the high school, she moved to the high school. So I was her teacher for five years. So we have this very interconnected relationship. Es trabajadora social, she's a social worker. And so now that we're both adults, we're closer than ever. And as we always have been and um, She and I talk a lot about some of the trauma that I experienced um, as a child. And she wonders, how have you been able to thrive, Junior? She calls me Junior because I'm a junior. My mom and my dad call me Junior because, you know, they can't pronounce the J in English. <laughs> and, um, and so she gave me this book because she wanted me to um, kind of go back and, and, and reflect on some of the things and some of the trauma that happened to me. And how was it that I was able to um, not let it be an obstacle, but rather a launching path to be of service to others? Beautiful. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Please tell your sister you, you have inspired many people, including me. I know. Gracias. Ella super buena. También super buena onda. Qué bien. So, um, who is or who are your biggest influences? So, definitely... Juanita Lopez Arellano, who is my abuelita, my maternal grandmother. She passed away in 2015, right before I um, graduated um, and walked for my doctoral degree, which was so painful that she wasn't able to be there. But um, mi abuelita Juanita, she's actually famous on social media. If you do a search for hashtag Juanita's watching, you'll actually be able to find it because whenever I'm facilitating professional learning, I say, you all better be doing what you need to be doing porque hashtag Juanita's watching. Um, she used to chase me with her chancla and tell me, um, Junior, lo que se dice se hace. And so that's one of my one of my mottos, uno de mis lemas. Um, And after she hit me with a chancla, then I was able to understand um, because she explained to me that if we're not people of our word, 
then we have nothing. And so the last school where I was a principal at, I started it from the ground up. I was the founding principal. And so even today, their motto is, um, lo que se dice se hace, even though I haven't been the principal there in a, in a long time. And you can ask the kids there uh, about Juanita and her chancla, and they know the story of the first handsome short uh, principal, con la abuelita y en la chancla, um, which is amazing. She She's just, at the center of everything that I do. Even here in my office, her saying is here, lo que se dice se hace, and it's also the title of my first children's, um, bilingual children's poetry books. Lo que se dice se hace, what you say you do, and it's it's the story of Juanita and how she helped me through that entry into the schooling system. And then the second uh, folks come as a pair, Margarita and Jose Luis. My mom and my dad only had an elementary education. Mi papá solamente fue hasta el quinto grado. My mom went up to the sixth grade. Um, but they are among the most brilliant people I've ever met because you know that in Spanish we have the word educado that has a different feel to educated in English and they may have never had educational access but they um, are super fabulosity even though I get to collaborate with some of the most brilliant linguists my mom super well and anything and everything that I've ever been able to accomplish that my sister was able to accomplish that my brother Gilberto was able to accomplish um, was because of their desire to create educational access for their three children they're super spoiled um, my husband and I decided about um, 10 11 years ago that they deserve to travel the world because that's what my mom and my dad wanted to do so once a year uh, my husband and I take them somewhere and so mi mamá mi papá de Ciudad Juárez Chihuahua with an elementary education have been to Russia to Germany to Finland to Sweden to England to France to Spain to Italy I mean they are spoiled because they deserve it cheapness cheapness Qué bueno, qué bonito. Gracias. Thank you. You know, I love that you spend time with a significant time with your parents. I appreciate that. Uh, so, as you know, being successful includes being on top of our productivity. But this can mean so many things to so many people. Uh, what does it mean to you and what advice do you have? Sure. So the two things that I'm working on, because I don't think we're ever done, but two things that I focus on every single day are one, I wake up and I take account of what privilege I'm carrying um, most that day. Because I feel like if you wake up and you're like, okay, what two, what two or three privileges am I carrying most today? Then that helps me um, to leverage that privilege as I serve others. And I think that that has been super, super helpful um, for me. Every single morning, le voy a contar demasiada información, el chisme. Every morning when I wake up, um, I dance as I get ready for the day. I play a different playlist every day. Um, this morning it was all reggaeton. And then as I'm doing my hair and all of those things, choosing my clothing, I assess what privileges I'm feeling on that particular day. Obviously, uh, gender privilege as, as I'm male is one of the three big privileges. Um, socioeconomic privilege was another privilege that I was feeling today, as well as educational privilege. And so that's that helps me to be productive in the most culturally sustaining way to others. Um, and then the second one is more of what I may be working in terms of productivity. I'm, I work on my organization every single uh, day. 
Um, I have my to-do list for the day. And even though I have an iPhone and technology, there's something about a list and scratching something off or highlighting something off. And that includes my email, which I know is going to sound weird, but if you went into my email, you'd be shocked because in my email, the only thing you will find are um, action items. If it's in my inbox, it means that I haven't yet completed what I needed to complete. And it's so weird because it goes back to lo que se dice, se hace. And so if it's in my inbox, it means I haven't yet met what Juanita's threshold was. Beautiful. <laughs> and I don't, want, I don't want Juanita to be upset with me. Brava, la Juanita. Brava, brava. And so um, those are the two things that I do daily to be more productive to myself, but also to others. Beautiful. So two follow-up questions. Um, in terms of uh, all your videos and all the, the promotion you do for your work, in terms of organizing yourself, question one, and then also as an aspiring author, uh, how do you organize yourself from beginning to the end to write a book? So that's hard, right? I've written um, several poetry books for children, and then a, I'm a researcher, so obviously I've written um, academic um, articles and resources. That's really hard. Like, um, I, I plan things out. I'm very good at setting boundaries for myself. And so if I put in my calendar that by 6 p.m., I will focus on Uh, my family, including, you know, our dog, Nico Valentino Medina Diaz Hernandez Cruz, because, you know, he, he has to own his full identity as well, then I will stop at six because lo que se dice se hace. If I wake up and I know that on my calendar it says that I have three hours of writing, then I will write for those three hours porque lo que se dice se hace. And so just clearly defining spaces for me to do specific things Um, has been really, really helpful ever since I was a teacher too. And even as a student, it's something that I've done my whole life. Like I block time out to do the things that I need to do in terms of social media. Um, you're going to be surprised, but for me, that's kind of fun, right? Like I didn't think that anyone would be interested in hearing what, you know, a guy in his forties, now 50, I just turned 50 June the 1st was going to be interested in, in what I said in terms of language. But I mean, it's crazy to me that, that especially like on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, that people have really connected with the message. Porque, I mean, I'm a hot mess. So I love that people <laughs> embrace the mess. Um, and those I really just do for fun. Like, if I feel like it, I'll do it. And if I don't, I won't. Um, that's, I think, what, what is cool about my social media presence is that I don't, it's not a part of like my job. It's, I do it as a service and because at the end of the day, I'm very telenovela-like and so um, it's my way of, of having fun to share information on social media. Your messages are always to the point and so fun. I really appreciate it. They're always engaging. So this has been such a great conversation, Jose. Anything else you would like to add for the listeners of the show? So I, I thought about this as well. I think that if, if your listeners could take away one message from our conversation is something that, that took me forever to realize and that I'm still working on, but that all of us bring some kind of privilege to the space, whether we serve in education or in social work or in law or um, law enforcement or hospitality, whatever, however we serve, 
we all bring privilege into the space and our job is to leverage that privilege in order to create access to it for others um that's that's the biggest thing that i've learned in my life um the other piece is i remember being a teacher who who used to think ay doctor yo me yo me recibí como maestro like i became a teacher because i want to be the voice for those communities and those students that don't have a voice and now i think of that and i'm like god that's so egocentric get by yaso because our job is never to be the voice for someone else our job in whatever um role we serve is to dismantle systems of oppression so that folks can be their own voice so i don't need to be the voice for anyone no one needs to be the voice for anyone else it's about leveraging um privilege so that folks can have their own voice. Wow. Masterclass. This is awesome. Thank you Dr. Medina for being on the show. I know. Gracias a ustedes. Le agradezco la oportunidad to be able to, to share. Thank you. Bien bonito. Muchas gracias. This has been the podcast of Dr. Efraín Martinez, Wisdom and Productivity, Peace and Calm.